We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast, where you think before you love. Please feel free to subscribe and listen on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Breakers, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Deezer, or your browser. Be sure to share a link with a colleague, family member, or friend. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to the sensitive nature of subject matter. Think before you love is the Romantic Truth Podcast motto. You will not get slapped here, we promise. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Um, Thomas brought up an interesting topic. He asked me the following, out of here in Las Vegas, he says, what do you think about the term toxic masculinity? versus toxic femininity. And Thomas, I appreciate the question you asked. And good luck on the slot machines over there. He's over at Santa Fe. I don't know if he's still there at the casino, but this is where he wrote the email from after listening to my podcast. Well, let me tell you this much, Thomas. This is the way I look at it, and I don't know if you're still listening to the podcast or if you'll get this uh, remote. But the way I look at it is like this. I used to be a liberal years ago. I'm not a conservative, so don't throw that ilk on me either. I'm a moderate. And I'm a fair moderate. And the only reason why I became a moderate from becoming a John F. Kennedy card-carrying Democrat was because of one reason. Oh, and by the way, let me clarify something. Politically, the only reason why I ever was a Democrat was because of John F. Kennedy. Even though I was only, what, maybe one year old before he died? Maybe one and a half. But the reason why I say this in particular is because he was the catalyst of change in the Democratic Party. Before then, You had a lot of white Southerners, the Dixiecrats, that didn't like blacks and didn't want blacks in their party. That's the way it had been for many, many years prior. So that change was the big thing for me. And I have people tell me, well, Abraham Lincoln did a lot for blacks. Well, Abraham Lincoln really didn't care because he just wanted the union together. And we got to remember, Abraham Lincoln was not just a white man. He was also a minority as well as was J. Edgar Hoover. But we don't talk about those things because it conflicts with our historical narrative. But I digress. Let's go on and talk about what we're talking about here with Thomas. He makes up a pretty good point because of one thing. Liberals put labels on things that they don't like toxic femininity toxic masculinity but guess what happens also they don't want to be labeled the same people that don't want to be labeled have now God knows how many categories of sexual orientation pronouns gender identification and why is that? because they don't like themselves. 
they can't accept who they are. They want to be something different, something special, something unique, something out of the ordinary. I get it. When I was younger, I got tired of girls asking me, so what are you? What do you mean, what am I? What race are you? So what I did one day, out of sarcasm, I made up a race. I said, I'm Afro-Hispanasian. Afro-Hispanasian, what? Afro-Hispanasian. Black, Hispanic, Asian, and Caucasian. So in that way, I never had to worry about them asking me that stupid-ass question again. And then when you would tell them that you were black, not none of this African-American shit, they look at you and they were like, you're not black. Let's get it with that too. But here's the thing that you have to come to grips with. It's all about perception. It's all about knowing who you are as a person. And these people will envision you as they would like for you to be, not for who you are. Just like these people that take on these self-appropriated titles or whatever the hell they want to call themselves, queens, queen, queens, kings, princes, damn, yeomen, whatever the fuck they want to call themselves, self-appropriated title make themselves feel better. This woman wanted me to call her a goddess one time. I told her, I said, you'd have bumped your damn head, stumbled down the damn stairs in the dark and landed in some dog shit if you think I'd do that. Wasn't going to happen, lady. See, the problem is, a lot of people have such low self-esteem that they search for an identity. They grab anything to make themselves feel better. It's like they're grabbing a pain pill in order to feel better. And now we even calling each other red pill, blue pill, purple pill. ridiculous because we're so much on this quest of identity of belonging of being liked of being admired and loved and cherished and hailed and we fail to work on ourselves we fail to work on the very framework that we present to everyone every day You know, a confident person basically tells you in so many words, let me shake your hand. I'm a product of the fuck that my mom and dad had. I'm the byproduct of that. That's right. Some are her eggs and his sperm, and this is what I am. But nah, that that really doesn't resonate with people. You got to give yourself an introduction. You got to have theme music. You really got to do it up because it's your day. It's you. And so what do we do with our children? Oh, we got to be narcissistic and we got to live vicariously through them. Little Tommy, you three years old and you want to wear a dress, you're a girl. You want to be a girl. Okay, Tommy, you can go and be that girl. 
at three years of age. And little Tommy's trying to figure out what the hell is going on with his life. And the parent, oh, they're so permissive. Tommy can do no wrong. And as I've told you before, Tommy gets a D in class as he grows up. It's the teachers and the school's fault, not the parents. Tommy gets locked up. It's the criminal justice system's fault. Tommy can't find a girlfriend. It's those bitches' fault. Tommy gets a girl pregnant. It's her fault. Tommy loses his house. It's that bad company's fault. They should have taken care of my baby. Oh yeah, it goes on and on and on. Tommy can do no wrong. Sharon can do no wrong. Or whichever child is being coddled by that parent does no wrong. Because they have bred perfection. And they only get pissed off when the kid is not responsible when it comes down to them. That's when the parents get upset. But as long as the they can cover that child and as long as that child is not doing something that's encumbering them, oh, they're fine. But the minute that parent depends on that kid and that kid is not accountable, not responsible, I done went out here and put all this out for your ass. I've lied for you. I've gone and covered you. I've told you all of these things that, that I told the people all these things about you, about how wonderful you are and you treat me like this. And the kids say, yeah, you were the damn fool that went out there and stuck your neck out for me. I didn't ask you to do that. Some of you parents have faced that reality with your kids. You coddled them all those years, and then they tell you to kiss their ass in the end. It's a hurting thing, isn't it? Because now they feel entitled to do so. And just think what they're going to do in relationships. Boy, that's going to be fun. They treated their parents that way, so it's only fitting that they treat their partner that way. And we wonder how it starts, don't we? It starts at home. The first teacher of a child is the parent. The teacher can only work with what you've prepared that child to come to the teacher with. Teacher can't work magic. It's just like a hairdresser. You can have a fucked up head of hair, but if you don't take care of it, and then you come to that beautician, and you get mad when the beautician charges you because they have to go and straighten that out. You do the same thing with your kid. Well, we gotta put him in some extra classes. We gotta probably put him in special ed. Not my kid. Well, you didn't prepare them for the world. You didn't give me anything to work with. Just like that beautician said, you didn't give me anything to work with. So you probably have to cut all your hair off and start from scratch. Uh-uh. Well, yeah. Now, what does this all stem from? Overly permissive parents. 
Now, there are some men who deliberately don't date women with children. There's a reason for that, because I used to be one of these men. And the reason for that was because of the fact that you're dealing with a situation where the kids may be permitted to do something that falls way out of line from personal responsibility. The kid talks back. The kid's combative. The kid doesn't care to interact. They treat them as if they're an adult. They talk to you any kind of way. They slam doors. They talk back to you. They tell you what they want and get mad if you don't get it for them. And if you don't get it for them, you feel as though you've done something wrong. And they're making you always feel like you're weak. And they use the manipulative buttons of blame, shame, and guilt to get what they want. I could have done better in school if you'd have bought me that brand new iPhone. It's a shame that I go to school and all the other kids have iPhones and I don't. You ought to be shaming yourself as a parent, not being able to afford to take care of me. After all, I'm your child. Kids have used these arguments against their parents and weak parents fall for it. Oh, Johnny, don't talk like that. You make me feel bad. As if he's going to stop. He realized he hit you in the soft underbelly. And what you're going to try to do is appease him. And what does he have? Power over you. And then some of you adults get so weak with your kids that you actually sit there and ask them for advice seen that done dated a lady who had a son she would do that with he was 15 years old this woman was 45 and I'm sitting there and I'm saying this beautiful woman with this nice job and all of this money (laughs) consults a 15 year old about how to do things in her life. She was planning on moving. And she was going to move contingent on what he wanted and what he liked instead of what would be the best for the child. And of course, being that he had that kind of leverage and that kind of clout, he confidently told her well, I heard the community of Calabasas is moving up. Why don't we go and look there? Then he started naming off some of the athletes at that time that lived up in Calabasas. Some of the baseball players from the Angels and other athletes. By the way, that's what really kind of made Calabasas popular because a lot of the athletes moved there first and the celebrities later moved there. course that's what she did and I realized that I couldn't be with this woman because every time we arranged a date or something like that it was always canceled because of him 
He had the last say on everything. She had no spine. Because he always made her feel as though she had not done enough for him. And these kids get to the point where they're talking back. And a lot of you ladies with teenage kids wonder why these men don't deal with you. It's because of that. Your parenting skills are far more important if you're a single parent to a man than how fine you are and a lot of other things. Because uh, you'll work on that. Or you'll work on attracting the guy. But what he's looking at is the whole package. And a lot of you ladies will say, well, we come as a package talking about you and your son or your daughter. Okay. Men expect that. But see, the problem you have is that you're not going to find too many men that's going to stand idly by and watch these kids walk over you and think it's okay. Because see, the temptation is that if they can do it, he doesn't have any problem doing it. And the sad thing about it, if that man and those kids form an alliance against you, that's not a good look. And some men will bypass you because they know they could not respect you if they got into a relationship with you. That good man that left you, you don't know why? That's more than likely the reason. We'll talk more in just a moment. cases, if the woman has young children, that means under the age of 10, they may be more sought after by men. And here's why. If there are any issues pertaining to boundaries, he can have more of an effective role in molding the way the child will behave. Not necessarily where he's going and being a disciplinarian or anything of that sort, but where he could set an example that the kid will probably follow. When the child's around 13 and up, it's much harder. The kid looks at you as an interloper. You're somebody that just came into mom's life after the fact. And it's like, We've been doing this this way before you came. So outsider, just get in line. At this point, men feel as though they have a lot less power in influencing the kids just in case they're going down the wrong track. And the worst case scenario for a man is to have a woman who has lost control of her children where they're controlling her and therefore they control the relationship she's in. Now, it's okay for a woman to have input from her kids about whether or not they like him, they notice certain things about him. That's standard. That's good. 
But where the problem comes in is when the kids feel as though, okay, well, we got a second person to manipulate and use. We have a second person to do what we want them to do. That's where it becomes problematic. Now, another factor that happens in this situation. It will get to a point when this guy is dealing with the lady and they may have a disagreement. And what she will probably do if she's a weak mom is gather all the wagons around her against him. Instead of dealing with the issue one-on-one as a couple, she incorporates the kid in the argument. It's always going to be biased most often with the mom. That kid that may not be on the mom's side but be on the man's side, the kid may be more objective and this may be their way of speaking out against mom because they're like, well, you know, she's made so many bad decisions in her life. Maybe you can tell her I can't that she's fucking up as a parent. And this is what these kids will try to convey because kids are very observant and they're very knowledgeable. So a lot of you ladies think that it's just because you have the children. That's not the problem. For many of you, it's your parenting skills that is unattractive to the men. That super permissive parent kid doesn't go to school for three or four days he's in there playing video games he's got an excuse he doesn't want to go to school the next day so he takes out a razor and cuts his hair in a messed up pattern mom I can't go my hair is messed up okay honey you can stay he goes and rips his jeans mom I don't have nothing to wear to school See, my jeans are ripped. Marginal excuses that become palatable excuses for the mom because she doesn't want to make waves. Now, a lot of women expect the man to come in, especially if they're teenage kids, to come in and be the new sheriff in town. I've talked about this a lot. That's not your job as a man. You see, all of the boundaries and rules should have been let, this should have been established well before you got there. It shouldn't be a situation where you're the one laying those down now. It's too damn late for that. You walk into a situation and she's in her 40s and she's got a 17 or 18 year old daughter. There's not a damn thing you could tell that kid at that point. You can kind of give your opinion on some advice here and there. But for the most part, that kid's going to look at you just like some stranger on the street. Oh, you expect me to take your opinion seriously? You just walked in here because my mom liked you. That's the way they look at it. They have no vested interest in you. 
especially if mom has called him the man of the house all those years. He's the decision maker. As he sees it, he's the dad. You're just a dude that happened to be there. Now I tell men all the time, if you're dating a woman with kids, never move in with her. And there's a reason for that. See, those kids look at you no matter how young they are. Now, if they're an infant or something like that, of course, they don't know any better. But if they're around three and up, they're going to be very observant. <laughs> you take your ass into that refrigerator and empty that milk bottle and empty that orange juice bottle. They're going to be like, okay, we had more orange juice when he came here and now we have less. When are you going to buy some more orange juice to fill that up again? Oh, little boy, shut up and go somewhere. Wrong answer. Says that to one of the woman's kids. First thing's going to happen, she's going to say, what did you tell my kid? There you go. So you don't want to start out doing that. Because it's not going to last long. Now, another thing. And I've seen women do this. Fellas, be mindful of it. If she invites you in to stay with her and she has children, let me tell you something off top. Be very careful because what she will do if things don't work out in that relationship, the way she'll get out of it is say, well, you're gonna have to leave because you're a bad influence on my kids. That's her out. Doesn't mean you did anything wrong. But that's what she will use. The welfare of the children as a way out of the relationship. Now, a lot of ladies are lonely. They want a man, but see fellas, you gotta look at some other things. How soon after you met this woman have you met her kids? How soon did that occur? Now, if they're grown, that's different. If they're 18 and over, that's different. If the child is living with her, the one thing you have to understand is she should have some sort of prepping for that child. In other words, where she's already told him about you, so he has an idea or she has an idea of what to expect. She should have vetted you properly checked you out, dated you a while, well before she introduces you to the kid. Being introduced to that child should be the last thing she does. She should have a commitment from you in a relationship. All of that stuff should be taken care of well before you meet that kid, no matter what age that child is. Because here's the thing, and I've seen this happen because it's happened to me personally. I dated a woman who had children. She got mad at the kid because he called me somebody else's name. And she spanked him because he made that mistake. Only to find out that the, guy that the guy's name that he called me had been dating her only a week before me. 
but she took it out on the key. She needed to spank herself for that, for exposing those kids too prematurely to a man. Just like she did me. And throughout the evening, the kid kept calling me the man's name by accident. I wasn't mad at the kid. And she was getting mad at him every time he would say it. Now, here's the thing. Men don't ask for perfection out of women when it comes to rearing children. But they want to see some sort of control. They want to see the manifestation of your work. Because the way you have worked with those children is the way that they will presume that you will work in a relationship with them. And if you haven't put the work in for them, someone you've given birth to, how the hell are you going to do that with a stranger that you're trying to get ready to know? And that's what we look at. So we're not just judging you based because you have children. Now, as I've always said, statistically, women who have been married and had children by the same man have a higher chance of finding a man that's willing to accept her situation, especially if she's a college graduate. And that's the reason why those women are not so pressured to find a man. They can sustain their kids at that level without a problem because they have upward mobility on their side for the most part. And not only that, they will have better choices than men but they will realize as they climb the economic scale, there are going to be fewer and fewer men if they're of an ethnic group that are going to be in that peer group to choose from. You see a lot of African Americans that talk about, well, she's got a white husband or he's got a white wife. Well, if he's a lawyer or a doctor, that might be the only people in that pool of people that he's dating or that he's been around that's really eligible because the rest of them are probably already taken and nobody's going to sit around and symbolically say I'm not going to be with someone until I'm with a black person well you could be with that person just because you're the same race don't mean you're compatible symbolically yeah you look good together but you guys might fight like cats and dogs have different philosophies and beliefs and everything religion and all So compatibility is more than race. It's about philosophy. It's about belief. It's about how the two of you can establish a foundation. Have you worked on being a friend first with that person before a lover? I see there's another component with this. The histrionics. What happened prior to you meeting this person? 
how the kids relating to their father. We look at, if you're talking bad about their father, that's a red flag for us to exit. No matter how bad he really is, even when we hear that, we're not interested. As far as a long-term relationship, now the guy might be interested in sleeping with you, but as far as sustaining a relationship with you, nah, not so much. Because he already sees how you treat people that things don't turn out well with. So why is he going to take that risk? And plus he'll look at it from the standpoint, well, she's already projecting her opinion on her children about their father instead of letting these kids grow up and learn about how irresponsible their father is if he's indeed irresponsible. Another thing that will always turn off a man, ladies, if you ever use the term me and my kids, you and me and my kids, if she ever makes that the distinct separation, that's a red flag for you guys that, you know what? She's got her brood, and guess what? You're not included in it. You're an outsider. And this is the way you'll be treated throughout the whole relationship. You'll never be included. We'll talk more in a moment. Ladies, when we hear you talk negatively about your ex, the father of your children, that's also a red flag for us. Especially if you lead with that conversation and you stay on that topic throughout a date, throughout every time we are with you, What that does for us, it lets us know that you have virus remorse very easily. And therefore, you're not really that confident in the decisions you make. See, a woman that may have made a mistake and married the wrong woman, married the wrong guy, or had kids by the wrong guy, she accepts that. But guess what she's not going to do? Dwell on it. She's going to improve the situation. See, men look for women that have kids who respect them. They don't have to fear them through intimidation. Shouldn't have to threaten to whip their ass every 15 minutes. Mom can say something and they obey and believe. Not because she's put them in some kind of indoctrination. But it's because what she's done is... She's explained things in such a way to them and took time out rearing them that they believe her because they have also accepted her opinion in a high regard. They believe that mom is looking out for their best interests. So they are trusting her because she's already established a reputation beyond reproach. And she didn't have to force it. The kids gave it to her voluntarily because 
She worked on integrity with them. She worked on trust with them. And so these kids have a solid and firm foundation. And with that, it benefits the mother in that the kids will then tell mom, mom, you know the guy that uh, you brought over this evening? I don't think he's right for you. I noticed the way he interacted with you. He never hugged you once. He never looked at you once. He was always looking away. And guess what you do as a parent? You take that and you're like, you know, I didn't notice that. Because guess what? You trust the integrity of your kids like they trust you. And you can make an informed decision and say, well, I'm not going to date this guy. Hey, uh, so-and-so, yeah, we'll be friends. There's nothing wrong with that. But see, you run across sometimes with situations where parents don't know how to be parents. And that mom may not know how to relate to her son. So she appeases him and buys him everything and makes up excuses for him or the daughter. And the daughter can curse her out and talk about her any kind of way. And you never know what the pre-existing situations are because of that, fellas. Sometimes it could be because the mom left, left the child at a babysitter at a certain age and the babysitter did something inappropriate to the child. And so that child is carrying that animosity with them into adulthood. And so the relationship is very rocky at best. And the mom tries to take on that Teflon persona. Oh, that old stuff that happened way back when. But to that child, it's just like it was yesterday. And they're not letting mom have a pass. They're not going to be one of these people that says, you know, my mom was a good mom and all this other stuff. They'll tell the truth. When you find that you're dealing with a woman that's appeasing her kids and she's overly permissive, she's a doormat. That's a vulnerability in your relationship because just like she's letting those kids run over, she'll let a man do the same thing. And these women will have a treasure trove of dates that they've been on where men's have, men have done that to them. So what you're seeing is a result of something that has been taking place because of her behavior, because of her character, very permissive. And the behavior, of course, is to be an appeaser, is to be a doormat, And of course, the situation is she's looking for a man that's going to put some order in the house. And fellas, if you ever hear a woman tell you that she has children, I need a man to straighten these kids out. Nope, that's not you. Don't sign up for that. So many of you young guys will try to do this with single moms. It's not your job. And if you're a single guy and young with no kids and you came from a single mom or a single mom uh, household, please do not take on that burden of thinking you have to go and save a single mom. That's not your job. Start out fresh with a woman with no kids if you can help it. 
You're not there to try to right the wrong of a past situation that your mom made a decision on. It's not your job, man. Don't put yourself there. And a lot of you single mothers right now talking to your sons about this very same thing because you got sons out there that are messing around with single moms and that young man has no children right now. And he's talking about starting a family with her. Not a good look, not a good move, not a wise idea. He has to look at his future and his life as well. Taking on responsibility. I knew a young man once that had no children, just like I didn't have any children. And we both were, I think, what, 17 or 18 at the time. And I was getting ready to go into the military. And he started hanging around with this single mom. The girl was like 21 and she had two kids. Two different dudes. Well, I went to the military for three years. When I got out, they had five. Never got married. She had another child with another dude because she got mad at him at one point and they broke up. They got back together. They had a child together. And then she had another one that's a questionable one because they don't know. And they never did a DNA test on the kid, so they don't know whose child that is. But she had slept with other men in the interim. So now he's got a smorgasbord of kids. And he's standing up like the man. I own it. This is mine. This is my family. And yet he's fighting with the baby's daddies all the time because she's still sleeping around with them. And that's what she did for years, all the way until these kids were grown. And when they became grown, guess what they did not do? Come back home, did not call her, did not talk to her. Even the children they had together because it was chaos. And they wanted to get away from it. And the only thing he would do is brag about him having children, having a family. I'm a man. I'm a real man. Fellas, let me tell you something. Especially you young guys, 17, 18 and up. Taking on somebody else's responsibility is not making you a man. Listening to that bullshit that some of these single moms try to tell you about being a man by... Stepping up when it's not your child, that's not being a man. That's being stupid. Only go into a relationship if you have really assessed the situation. Not because of an emotional thing or some sort of deficit of masculinity that you don't have. People join the military to be a man. People do all these different things to be a man. That manhood starts with yourself and how you put yourself together. The things you acquire and the things you reject. Emulating someone that messed their lives up is not the answer. That's the reason why I say 
when a lot of these people, like with the NBA uh, camps, and they start talking about these players and how to, what to look out for and how to spend their money, what they need to do is have a person like Sean Kemp or somebody else that have a whole bunch of baby mamas to come up there and tell them what it's really like and what they really have to watch out for. Now, a lot of you young men will have mothers who may have had you out of wedlock or had you in some sort of illicit affair with a married man. And then you're growing up with that question mark over your head because your mom could never marry this man because he was with another woman. And it makes you feel bastardized in a way. It makes you feel like you are not validated in some kind of way. And there's a sense of anger that goes along with it and a sense of loss of identity. Especially later on as you grow up and those siblings don't accept you. That's a hurtful thing. I'll never forget what my father told me about before he married my mother. He had a long talk with my half-sister and told her, I'm not going to disrespect myself, my girlfriend, which was my mother at the time, or you as my daughter. I have to marry this woman before we talk about having a child, before we talk about cohabitating. And he stuck by that. He stuck by that. He married my mother. And then they had my little ass. They had planned it all out. And I consider myself fortunate that I had parents with that foresight. Because a lot of these people are being born after hookups, after meetups, after friends with benefits. I remember one time I was on a date with a lady. This is right after I got out of service. I think it was like maybe the third or fourth day I got out of service. And I'd met this woman prior to getting out when I was home on leave. And we decided to go out. And on the date, we hadn't had sex, hadn't been intimate or anything. She told me, she said, I don't think we can really have a relationship. And I'm like, okay, why not? She says, well, while you were in service, I was still seeing someone. And I was like, well, yeah, that's to be expected. She said, no, you don't understand. I just found out that I'm pregnant. And she says, I don't want you to go through that situation. I said, well, where's the baby's father? She said, we broke up now. But I don't want to put you through that. And it was only obvious she was going to have the child. What I would tell you guys is this. When a woman tells you she's pregnant, more often than not, she's going to have that child. You can count on that. Plain and simple. Roe v. Wade is not even in the picture there. So at that point, 
you could pretty much count on that happening. Now, there's some guys that talk about <laughs> take her to McDonald's, give her a McGriddle, and then take her to the abortion clinic. Not so much. A woman has 33 forms of birth control now. A man has four. And the thing you have to come to grips with, a lot of times, especially in our modern era, they want to have the child even though they say they don't. I don't want to get pregnant, even though they let the guy slide up in him with no condom. And that's the way they look at it. Now, there's one more other thing that we're going to cover in the next segment. I'll tell you what, I'll leave it for that and we'll talk about it. what I'm doing here is showing you ladies some of the reasons why men will not date you because you're a single mom some of it has to do with the fact that they're influenced by people they may have a mother who's a single mom who's saying uh uh you're not going to do this you're not going to go through what I see so many other men go through you will have that argument you will have the other argument, the man doesn't want to rear somebody else's seed. Most common of them all. You will have the other argument. I don't want to have to deal with the baby's daddy. I want my own kids. And fellas, you will also have to face another thing. That would be that woman that wants to have a baby but thinks marriage is too complicated. I have seen that argument here in Vegas. 27-year-old woman with five kids. I asked her about marriage. She was like, no, that's too complicated. And you have to look at the reason why these women had children. Some of them wanted someone to love them unconditionally because they didn't get that from their parents. You have others that look at it from the standpoint, they love the kids when they're small, but as they grow older, they have no concept as to how they're going to rear them at that point, especially if they got pregnant and they were young themselves, because they're out of their developmental scope. Now, this is not the great bad uh, to berate single moms and say that they're bad by no stretch. These are just some of the fundamental things that men look at, ladies, when they are considering dating you. They're looking at the logistical concerns. They're looking at the issues. They're looking at how much income they would have to have to support you. Even though 
Some of you will say you're independent and support yourself. A lot of them still look at you from the standpoint, if you're on WIC, EBT, and all the rest of these other programs, they don't see you as supporting yourself. They see you as being subsidized. Now, I want you to imagine you ladies dating a guy or a guy coming to you and he's on general relief making $75 a month off of general relief with no job, no money. He wouldn't be such an attractive candidate, would he, for a relationship? Well, let's spin that around and let's increase the amount of money and resources that could be given to a person. When it comes down to the female, and a male looks at her that way. That's what he's looking at. Now, there are some single moms that don't even want a man who has children. They want him, him to be single with no children, even though she may have three, four, five kids. They don't want the competition. They don't want to have to deal with a blended family. They don't want to have to deal with a situation where they'd have to deal with another baby mama. They expect to have that single man to deal with them and only them. And a lot of these young women will groom these young men that way. And the fellas, the way many of them will do it is through sex. They'll have sex with you. And you're cool with it. They're acting like the wife. You're acting like the dad. You're playing house. And you're happy. Oh, but don't let it ever go left. Don't let it get upset with you. A lot of things you run the risk of. One, you could be accused of anything with those children. This is one reason why I tell you if you are a single man and you're dealing with a woman with kids, never be alone with those children. I don't give a damn how much she delegates authority to you, how much she trusts you. Don't be alone with those kids. Make sure she's always present. I say this to protect you. Because if she gets mad at you at any point <coughs> and decides to lie, the only thing she has to do is say, I think you touched one of my kids. <coughs> and that's enough to get you in trouble. So you never want to be alone with them at any point, any time. You never want to babysit children. <coughs> Let me tell you something else. There are some women who will date a guy, like this one lady on YouTube talking about she dated a guy for five weeks and she finally got a job and so she let him be the babysitter while he was off work. She didn't know what that man was doing around those kids. She didn't know him well enough. Uh Uh-uh. And if that baby's father, biological father found out that some strange man was babysitting his child he's going to have a problem with it I don't know this dude, what is he doing around my kid is he smoking weed around my kid is he trying to fondle my kid, what's going on I don't know nothing about this dude 
This is the way they look at things. You have to go through extreme vetting with a man, ladies, before you bring him around your children. You got to get the foundation of your friendship established on top of your your relationship on top of that. And when you are thoroughly convinced and comfortable that he's worthy enough to be around your kids, that's when you do it. Get a commitment from him first. Because you don't want to have a carousel of men coming in your house, being introduced to your children. And then it complicates matter when the kids may get visitation from dad and all of a sudden these kids are rattling off all these names of men to your to the child's father and he's looking at you like you're crazy and wants to take you to court for child custody again. There's no need for that. But I would tell you fellas, a lot of women will use sex as a lure to get you into this relationship. Mama's telling you you don't need to be with that girl. She's got kids and blah, 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 blah. And, and the girl's telling you, oh, you're going to be a mama's boy. You're just listening to your mama. You're going to let her run your life. I bet you and your mama are fucking. She might see something like that just to provoke you into making a stupid decision of moving in with her. Well, you fucking me. You ain't fucking your mama. Because see, what she's trying to do is emasculate you to put you at a point where she's shaming you into being with her. And she's blaming you in the sense that we could be happy together. It's only your fault because you're not capitulating. You got my emotions here. You got my kids wanting you into the family. And you're sitting there living with your mom. trying to shame you. Now, these are not your kids. But she's trying to shame you in a relationship and you'll be stupid to even consider that. Anyone that's stupid and that low to get you into their lives, huh, that shows how low your self-esteem is if you go forward. Even if you sleep with her, she's going to try to get pregnant. Oh, and she's going to lie to you probably and tell you, oh, well, you know, I, I got an IUD. Uh, don't worry, I got the shot so I can't get pregnant. She'll tell you anything. And once you bust that nut and you get her, and she's hugging you and she's kissing you and she just said, no, just, just lay there. That's because she already knows I got all your semen coming into my cervix. And at some point, one of your sperm's going to make it to this egg. Now, once that happens... There you are. Stuck. 17, 18 years old. And now you're a father and you didn't want to be a father. You trusted her and listened to her. And oh, she's ordering your ass around now. She's talking to you just like she's crazy out in the street. Because here's the thing you got to remember. Especially if she's had a whole bunch of men with a whole bunch of children. She didn't respect herself, so why would she respect you? She didn't respect the other men, she didn't respect the children, so you're just another number in the roulette wheel.
And then what do you do? You go back to mama after she says she's pregnant. Mama, it ain't mine. Mama says she wants a DNA test. He goes and moves back into the basement with mama, sucking his thumb, going out and party with his friends, trying to forget about that whole situation until that court order comes in. He has to show up to court and realize he has to pay child support. And at this time, mama's like, okay, now you gotta be a man, you gotta be responsible. But mama, no, no, but mama me. Get your ass out there and pay the child support every month. And while you're at it, why don't you go on and tack on some money for the rent that you owe me? But mama, that's when she gets out of that coddling phase and she puts your ass out there in reality. So fellas, listen to your mother. When it comes down to selecting a woman, make sure your mother meets her. That woman will be able to tell you a lot of things about that woman that you don't see. Plain and simple. She'll know right off the bat. The reason why she would know is because she had girlfriends just like her. She had people she knew just like her. And you're taking your amateurish ass out there with this woman who's already been in several relationships and had several children. And she knows how things are played. You don't. You're just some young, naive fool trying to get out there and you think you got something. You think you're not validated as a man because you're correcting the wrongs that was done to your mother because she's a single mom. And therefore, you feel as though, hey, (laughs) I'm not going to be a statistic. I'm going to be an exception to the rule because I'm going to be a stand-up guy. And that girl is cheering you on like, yeah, that's right. This is your family. And then you take your dumb ass out there and you're fighting the baby's fathers and everything on her behalf. then you guys get a bump in the road because you realize that the two of you don't really get along and are not compatible. And she's got you for child support. And you're struggling. Mom don't want you at the house anymore. She wants you to get your own place and be a man. You're trying to be and you go and get a roommate. Now you're sharing everything and you guys are arguing. You're going through button heads in that environment, then you're dealing with the boss at work, now you're dealing with the nagging baby mama that wants more money, and then your mom is telling you, well, you're a grown man, that's your problem. You don't want to be in that predicament, and God help you if you decide to do something illegal, sell drugs or whatever, and you get busted, then you go to jail, And you're hoping that you can go to court in time to let the judge know that um, you won't be able to make the child support payments because you're locked up, which will guide you some time. But you never know. You don't want to get to that level. You don't want to live your life by crisis. That's the reason why planning is so essential and important. 
Because see, a lot of these young girls, they were reared by young mothers that didn't know any better either. So it perpetuates. It goes from one generation to the next. And you will find mothers who have young boys. They'll try to educate them and try not to allow them to fall into that trap. It's a tough go. I can't tell you how many friends I've had along the way, especially during the 90s. Started dating women that already had children. Had a child or two with the woman. Found out they couldn't get along. And there they were, paying child support. And had a very rocky relationship with the mom and the child. We don't want that. You want to have something that's structured so that skills, your personal responsibility when it comes down to a piece going to try to slide up in you without a condom on, the answer is no. You don't want another child. You may want to make that abundantly clear to him. You should not have to say, hey, if you're with me, I will give you another baby to be with me. You shouldn't have to go there. That is something you guys can carry on in the conversation later on if so desire. I remember during the 90s, women I dated, <laughs> boy, so many of them would say, well, we could be together. I'll have another, another baby for you. Oh, no, no thanks. Uh-uh. When I married my ex-wife, she had three children. And she told me, I won't be able to have a child because uh, my tubes are tight and they've been burned and clipped. And she was really sad about that. I said, oh no, I'm happy about that. I said, so just in case things don't work between the two of us, we didn't create another being to complicate matters in that child's life and in ours. I said, let's see how it goes. I said, we are not meant to be together. We'll just go apart. And she agreed. And that's what we did. Married at 24, divorced at 27. It didn't work. But the reason why we did that and we had that floor for the marriage already set. Not because we were expecting failure. It was because we wanted to get out of a bad marriage or a situation where we couldn't get along early so that we would be still young enough to enjoy life and find someone. She was 37 when we divorced. I was 27. 
no hard feelings. We got along. And our friendship outlasted our marriage. And that's the way it goes, folks. So, the reason why I say the reasons why not to marry a single mom or not to date a single mom has more to do with some objective thinking than it does being negative on the single mom. In essence, there are a lot of good single mothers out there. I know plenty of them. I've seen plenty of them. Plenty of you have written in. And when you have those parenting skills in check, a man shouldn't have any problem dating you. But a lot of you don't have control over your children. A lot of you don't even have control over your own life. And this is the reason why you don't attract these kind of men. The good men. Not the guys that just want to screw you. And you have this bullshit about the alpha male, beta male. Alpha male wants to create his own kids. Beta male only takes up a woman's children, another man's child. Childish arguments. Very childish. It goes beyond the scope of that. Anyway, folks, it's been a pleasure. Take care. And have a wonderful day. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Romantic Truth. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and guest only. 